Hi, this is Emer Quinn. Have you ever heard of the Eurovision Song Contest? Well, I'm a winner of the Eurovision and I'm going to be here to talk about following your dream on Follow Your Dream podcast with Robert Miller. Everyone has a dream. Robert Miller is a musician who had a dream to become a rock star. He followed his dream and he succeeded. If you're ready to pursue and succeed at your dream, then listen up and get inspired and motivated to take action today. Welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Follow Your Dream podcast with listeners in 192 countries. I'm Robert Miller, your host. My guests today are the Celtic Tenors, not the Celtic Tenors, the three-man Irish vocal group with an international following and sales of over a million CDs. Matthew Gilsonen, James Nelson, and Daryl Simpson are talented and fun, and they sing everything from Irish folk music to pop songs to opera. And they've been doing this for 22 years. And in the middle of this episode, as I do with all of my musician guests, we're gonna do a song fest where we're gonna play a bunch of songs that have been made famous by this group, and we're going to talk about them, and you'll get the backstories, and nobody else does this in podcasts. And you know by now that I feature a song of mine in every episode underneath the introduction and at the end, and I try to make the song fit or be relevant somehow to my guest. And in this instance, I chose something called New Folk Song that I wrote for the album, The Queen's Carnival. Why? Well, the Celtic tenors sing Irish folk songs, among other things. So I thought that a jazz rock folk song would fit in real well. I caught up with the guys a few months ago when they were in Canada on their first tour since the pandemic. The internet connection wasn't always perfect, but their fun and camaraderie still shines through. So Matthew, James, and Daryl, welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Hello. Good morning, Robert, from, from Canada. How are you? <laughs> Excellent. I got two of you. Matt? We're thrilled to be here. I'm delighted to be here. I just, I just didn't want to talk over the other lads. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, keep talking over each other. We'll use the best one. How's that? Very good. That sounds good to me. No, we're, 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 we're so pleased to be here. You guys are on a world tour. I mean, I didn't think people were doing world tours anymore, particularly during the pandemic. But I have to congratulate you that you're actually out there and you're doing it. Well, Robert, we've been off for two years, of course, with the pandemic and everything. So we have been unemployed. We've had to take <laughs> up other work. So now we're suddenly back on a North American tour. We started in Orlando and, and Pennsylvania and all through the east coast of America. And then we went up to Ontario and we were at the Vancouver Symphony. And today we're in Edmonton. So it's it's quite surreal, really, for us to be back, the Celtic Tenors, to be back on tour, um, you know, and back in places where we've been over three years ago. You know, so much has happened, you know, so it's but it's great to be back on tour. It really is. So what has it been like for you guys to be out there finally? Because I know, like, for me, the same thing happened. I started this podcast when I couldn't be out playing and, and uh, being on the road again. I said I had to do something, so I decided to do a podcast. And it's been really pretty interesting for me, I'll tell you that. But for you guys, I know you, you, it just kind of stopped everybody in their tracks when this pandemic came out, right? 
Yeah, it was crazy. We had we had so many dates. Uh, we had we had oh we had um, about ten thousand tickets sold for the rest of the year for uh, for for and, and in, in March we love the big well we're at the start of a, a pretty major tour we're going to California Canada um, middle the Midwest and it just went to zero in seconds um, and it was it was it was awful um, but getting back to it now um, it is quite weird because we, we got to being being at home and being in our little bubble and you know going for walks down the old bog road or whatever back home in Ireland um and 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 to get to a situation where we're going to be out in public again we're going to be taking flights we're going to be doing all of this stuff it it, it was absolutely terrifying it really was <laughs> uh, until the second we got on stage for the first time and it was just like it was just we did our last show yesterday it it, it just was back to back to running on all cylinders again it was amazing isn't that interesting? It's kind of like, you know, they say riding a bicycle, you never forget. And I agree with you. When when I got back out and started playing again, it was like there hadn't been a pause. But of course, there had been a long pause. But you guys are so used to playing together. I mean, you've been doing this for, what, 22 years? Yeah, it's 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 amazing that you say that, Robert, because in, in many ways, we were back in the groove instantly. But then you get those moments of deja vu where a song that you've sung thousand times you forget the first line you're standing. <laughs> excuse me that's called a senior moment i'm used to that <laughs> darren's been having those for 20 years exactly yeah. there's, a, there's a song called the dutchman which we sing uh, it's a beautiful song about a, a, a an older man he's got he maybe has a brain injury from the war or something but he's got memory issues and his his wife margaret takes care of him you know and <laughs> daryl did a brilliant uh, a brilliant misquoted in the middle of the song it's sort of uh, he, she, she guides him as as the as she you know in case he gets tripped by the stones. Uh, but uh, he, he, he uh, Daryl's misquote or mis, misrepresentation of the words was she tripped him as she held his arms. <laughs> Pushed him over. <laughs> She's sabotaging him, going in for the kill. You know it's true though because you're up on the stage and sometimes you just have a blank and you know you forget the chord, you forget the song, you forget the words. And I always say to my musicians, I said, just don't act like you made a mistake. Just fake yeah. it. Keep going. Because for fake the most it. part, nobody's going to know unless all of a sudden you stop or something like that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I, I, think, I think that's the, the joy of being back out on the road is, you, you know, you can practice and rehearse in your room all day long, but there's nothing quite like being on a stage to really test the senses and the reflexes. Uh, and to find that rhythm of working with three or four other guys on stage. Uh, and I think for me, like the, I, I'd say Matthew and James will both agree, the first kind of 10 days that we were out, we were still trying to find that optimum groove of where we were, you know, two years ago. But thankfully, we, we are back in it now, absolutely thrilled. We go home tomorrow for about seven days, then we're head over to the Netherlands for another tour. So... It's, it's all good. Having sung together as a group, Robert, for 20, 22 years, and then for COVID to take out two years, I was personally worried that I had the stamina anymore, you know, because it is such a big thing for guys to go on tour and to have 6 a.m. lobby calls and 4 a.m. lobby calls at 2 a.m. lobby call, you know, so I was kind of worried that I could actually physically get through it. But so far, so good. One more show to go.
I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I was thinking you're going to say that the, the hardest part was to be out on the road after 22 years with the same guys. Come on. And you still like each other. That's the most impressive part of all. There's, there's a very good reason. There's a very good reason for that. With a, a kind of a, a thing that when we go to hotels, they put us on different floors. So when it comes to when it comes to check-in time, you can see the guy behind the desk kind of looking at us, going, "Oh, these guys are a bit strange." But uh, there's there's some there's something in that. Early on in, in our careers, um, we um, I was in and next door to Matthew, and it was when he had very young kids, and I was asleep, and I, I woke up and I heard, "Are you being a good boy for dad or a good girl for daddy?" <laughs> I think that's when it all changed. <laughs> no, but I think we've we've been pretty sensible about it. From from we we, we had so Daryl joined the group in two thousand and six, um, and uh, uh, I won't say that we had an acrimonious member uh, before, but uh, I think the things were a little tender, let's say, or a little little touchy, uh, and I think what we found moving forward was it was actually a really good idea to have plenty of space in our togetherness if you know what i mean so you know you don't do you don't eat, do have all your meals together you don't go for walks and what are you doing at 10 o'clock this morning you know do your own thing until it's time for the lobby call for the for the for the for the show and get to get together in that way you're probably right that's it's probably a good idea to have a little bit of space Okay. But you guys are working this out. I mean, you've been doing it for so long. I'm, I'm glad for you that you're back on the road. Tell me, I've just got to ask, what kind of funny experiences have you had up on the stage? You mentioned before, sometimes, you know, you, you might have the, the wrong words or something like that, but think back on your experiences. Give me something that nobody else knows. Carol had a great heckle in Vancouver. I was just going to say really? that. Yeah. What happened there? Uh, I, was, I guess it was the last time that we did the Vancouver Symphony, which was about seven or eight years ago. Uh, and uh, we, we used to do a version of um, I'm All Out of Love, a big love song, the uh -huh. Air Supply song. Yeah. Of course, there's a big pause in the middle of the song where it goes up to a high, huge high note, gets to the high note, total silence. And this little lady shouts up at me, you can put your shoes under my bed any night, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call that a heckle, though. I would call that an invitation. <laughs> an invitation. I, I declined. She was, in her, she was in her mid. She was in her mid eighties. Still an invitation. <laughs> we learned to tell you know not not to go and treat politics from stage or whatever. You avoid certain things because you can alienate your audience if you talk about politics or religion or whatever. So we've learned that the hard way a few times. We won't go into that too much. All right. But uh, uh, one time, we, you know, you do a little dramatic thing sometimes uh, for, for effect. So we, we, we did a, uh, we were supposed to be staggering on to the stage from the side. So uh, one of my colleagues uh, asked me to give him a little push um, as we were going out to stage, <laughs> I gave him a little push, but I was, <laughs> I gave him a bit too much of a little push and he ended up skidding on his head across the, <laughs> across the stage. And that's how he entered the stage. So uh, things like, uh, outside of singing can go a little pear shaped sometimes. I would have liked to have seen that. That might've been fun. Okay. Good for you. <laughs> now you were all, the three of you are all classically trained, right? I mean, you've all, you know, sung with uh, incredible backgrounds and, and orchestras and the like. But when you form this group and the kind of music that I understand that you do, you mix it up a lot with, you know, Irish music and folk songs and, and uh, pop songs. Whose idea was that? 
Well, I think it came with the label with that we, we don't like being labeled, but we are labeled crossover. So in a way, as you said, the three of us came from kind of, we met in the world of opera. We met in an opera called Die Fledermaus by Strauss. So that brought us together, but we also have background of the church and we each have different kind of folky backgrounds and poppy backgrounds. I'm a proud fan of ABBA and I'm proud to say it, Robert. You know, <laughs> Did you like the new that. album? That's the question. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I do. The tour, I think. Yeah, but uh, no, but we have very, very eclectic tastes between us. And uh, when we're coming up with um, selections for the album and stuff, it's a big, big, long list. And then it's whittled down to you know, something that hopefully the three of us agree on and stuff. So it's a wide repertoire. But it, it, people will say sometimes they say, I wish you'd sung more classical, but you can only do a certain amount every night as well, because they're big sings. If you're singing this and Dorma and La Traviata songs and stuff, you know, we only put in three or four of them a night, you know, because it's it's tough enough, you know, to be on tour and doing big numbers every number. So we mix it up with gentler ones too. Good for you. I'm a big fan of variety, okay? In, nowadays, there's so much push to try and put people into a certain specific genre, you know, so that it can be explained within one sentence. But I like the idea of being able to be, you know, fans of variety. So I congratulate you on being able to do as much as you do. I, I totally agree with you. A good song is a good song. And I think what, what, what we brought to this, or what, you know, the three of us, as James said, quite rightly, we're, we're very diverse. In, in in our taste in music i mean when i was when i was growing up um it, w- it was leonard cohen queen tom petty and the heartbreakers john prine um uh, uh, any any amount of of irish uh, rock bands and folk folk music so that was me daryl was you know dr long hair or dr john or you know jazz and that kind of boogie woogie or whatever the heck it is and james is more choral perhaps and uh, i think we and, and there would be really kind of fights almost or arguments as to you know I, I i've been trying to bring a bob dylan song in for years and it was always no 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 and eventually we got one in and I think that opened a door to, oh, wow, this is this shit's good. You know, this is this is real quality music. Um, and uh, and it opened the door to so many more. Robert, the amount of times that Daryl has forced us to sit through Mamma Mia, you wouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> There's a disclaimer with that. Uh, it's my least favorite movie of all time, Robert. Let's just uh, mainly because they allowed Pierce Brosnan to sing in it. Oh, God, that's funny. Hi, everybody. This is Robert Miller. You're listening to my new single, The Fall of Winter, a collaboration with legendary rocker Jim Peterick from the Ides of March and formerly with Survivor and featuring renowned guitarist Elliot Randall of Steely Dan fame and keyboard player Tony Carey. The reviewers have called the fall of winter a triumph and flexes real rock muscles. The track is available now for streaming on Spotify, Apple, and all the other streaming platforms. And also for download at the pgsstore.com. And you must check out the lyric video of the song on YouTube. The show notes have all the links. Thanks for listening. And keep on rocking.
Okay, look, you know, this is a good time to go into that second part of the interview where we do the song fest, because we've picked out a variety of your songs. And I think it's a good way to introduce your music to people that perhaps haven't heard it before. And the ones that have heard it, they're just going to love it. So let's just start out with Rocky Road to Dublin. So sad and broken hearted, saluted father dear. Kissed me, darling mother, drank a pint of beer. Me grief and fears to smother the enough to reap the corn. Beaver, I was born. Cup to stout the corn to banish ghosts and gobble and run your pair of crows. Rattling all the bugs, frightening all the dogs. On the rocky road to double and one, two, three, four, five. Hunt the hare and turn her down the rocky road and all the way to double and whack for lolly who wants to tell us the story behind that one? Don't all go at once. No. <laughs> well, no, this is this is something that we, we, we recorded in the Dubliners. Okay, the Dubliners is a very, very prolific Irish band. They're, most of them have actually passed away now, but they are a highly iconic folk band from Ireland. And uh, they 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 some of some of the greatest Irish recordings were, of, of, of our great kind of canon were made by them. And we were lucky enough to have an intro to them a number of years back. Um, and we recorded an, al- an album with them. Um, and it, it, uh, there was a lot of, we were just maybe hot out of the, out of the opera operatic world. So everything was all a little bit sort of clean and perfect. And the guys at the Dubliners, they basically said, you know, you need to not deal with this. Like a, you're reading a Hallmark card. You need to, you need to rough it up a bit. Um, the, the, the whole attitude in the, in the studio, it wasn't clinical and, uh, and pure. The, 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 there was, you know, there was drinking done. There was, you know, pints going visiting to the, but the, the Dubliners particularly were were particularly um, into having their four pints of Guinness at eleven a.m. Uh, and 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 then going back into the studio. So I think it what it what that did was it 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 brought a level of authenticity to how we learned the music and how we approached the music. You know, it's very easy to come from one genre and enter somebody's somebody else's genre and, 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 and find, find your own way. So I think that was a challenge for us with this song. Uh, but it, 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 we worked it into our set over the years. We've even done a big orchestral version of it. Uh, and it's, 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 just a, it's just a great old Irish folk song. So it worked for you because you were drunk when you did it. I like that story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> even learned from the, from the Dubliners as well, because in later years, we recorded an album of American music and uh, we actually had drink going into the studio. One of us more than others, I think. Isn't that right, Matthew? <laughs> there was a bottle of, a bottle of a very, it's, it's called Patron. It seemed like water, uh, but we drank it a bit like water and it maybe had some consequences. All right. Sometimes you got to loosen up a little bit, right? There you go. Okay, so we you mentioned Bob Dylan before, and I mentioned uh, Dylan in the introduction. You guys did a version of Forever Young, one of the great Dylan songs. I mean, he's done so many great, great songs, but that one is especially perfect. May you build a ladder to the stars and climb on every rung, may you stay. Forever young Forever young Forever young 
So tell us a little bit about that experience for you. I think uh, I, th- I think for Forever Young is one of those songs that I think that we had a natural into because it was a bit like our own Irish blessing. You know, may the road rise to meet you, may the sun be ever at your back. And uh, there, were, there was something about wishing good things upon you. Uh, it's a beautiful melody, beautiful words, obviously. And we tried to make it our own as far as a recording is concerned. And uh, people absolutely love it. Anytime that we've done it live, there's, there's always a great response to it. So it has pretty much been a mainstay off the set since uh, we recorded it back with Deca back in, oh, when was it? About four or five years ago. You know, Dylan is such a remarkable artist. If you guys remember back to an album that he did in the late 60s called Nashville Skyline, all of a sudden he was singing in a real singing voice. And of course, some of the the songs on that album were just magnificent. He went in a different direction than he had been in before because it was mainly protest songs and the like before that. And I felt that Forever Young was also kind of outside the ordinary for him it was such a beautiful song it was it was almost like you didn't believe it was a dylan song when you heard it yeah it's absolutely true and 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 and, and i think he was uh, he brought in i think he he enjoyed the irish ballad and he he was he had a very strong connection with his, his days in the village in new york um where, where, you know in these folk clubs um with the likes of liam clancy um, and I think Liam Clancy, he, he mentions it in some of his, his own documentaries, in the Scorsese documentary um, particularly. I think he, he, he says that, that Liam Clancy was the greatest ballads ever heard. And, 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 I, and I can't help thinking that that helped motivate the way he wrote some of these songs. Well, speaking about ballads and, and Irish ballads in particular, the next one we're going to listen to is you, you guys singing Danny Boy, which is, of course, maybe the most famous Irish ballad, at least as we would say in America. And I've picked out your a cappella version because I just thought that that was magnificent. What can be back when summer's in the Tell us a little bit about how that came to be. Well, it was actually the first a cappella um, piece that we actually chose to do because it is kind of the iconic Irish song. Strange, the words were written by an Englishman, Fred Weatherly, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he'd never visited Ireland even at all. But the melody, of course, is from County Derry and is an ancient Irish melody. And it's the one that everybody still Things which we've got a, um, an a cappella in the um, set from our new album, and it's called Parting Glass. And several nice people said, I loved Parting Glass, but where was Danny Boy? Why didn't you sing Danny Boy? So sometimes when we're actually after the show and we're signing in the foyer after the show, sometimes uh, we'd actually just do a little acoustic verse or maybe the whole thing out in the foyer. It's one that just resonates with people so much worldwide. Maybe not so much in Ireland. <laughs> if you do. <laughs> God, here we go again, Danny Boy. But certainly in North America and in mainland Europe and everything, people absolutely love Danny Boy. And I think it maybe it's this, we don't know what the state perhaps, but I personally I think it, it could be a father sending a son off to war. That's the an explanation that's been given. And for three guys to sing it a cappella 
in close harmony with no other instruments at all. It it, it kind of I kind of raises the poignancy of the of the text, perhaps maybe I'm not sure. I think you guys did an amazing version of that. I was interested with your answer. Do you have songs that are like your greatest hits that you just have to perform at every concert? Well, there's one in particular that was written for us uh, by Ireland's um, composer, Phil Coulter, who actually just turned 80 recently. And in our very first year two years ago, he was the, the um, producer of our very first album and wrote us a song, uh, which we have sung. Literally, there's not a show that we have not sung it in. We've sung it in every single show we've ever done. And it's called Remember Me. And at the moment, uh, Daryl does a lovely dedication to the people of Ukraine um, for that every night in the show. And it is a very, very powerful song that seems to really resonate with people too. And was written specially for us. Funny you should mention it because we are playing that song underneath as we speak here. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's an interesting song as well because you'll you'll see at the end of the song it is it's high, um, so it lies right up there, and uh, and we've, we've even got top C's in that song. So that's it's also every night it's a new challenge depending on where you are vocally or what your monitoring is like or <laughs> all of that sort of stuff. It's it's a, it's a, it's a challenge. You know, I was going to ask that question. Have you found it all as tenors, you know, singing the high parts that as you age, you start to lose the ability to hit some of the notes? Ah, uh, Robert, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I've hit a sore point, huh? I don't think so. I think, I think, I think um, if you got your, if you go to your lessons and you get your, you, you know, you, you keep on top of your technique. To the day you die. I mean, Daryl will talk to you about. Uh, you should mention um, uh, some one of the great tenors of the world that you worked with, Daryl. Yeah, I, I trained with Nikolai Geda, who was a Swedish tenor back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, who was the lead tenor in the Metropolitan in New York for about 27 years. Mm. And, and I started training with him when he was in his 80s. And he was doing things vocally, which I can still only dream of like top C's, D's no problem to him uh, and it was at that point that i realized that age has nothing to do with it it is all about technique and attitude as well i think if you have a positive mentality keep your voice in check look after yourself um, he didn't he wasn't a big man for uh, abusing his body or his lifestyle choices so he was very uh, conservative in how he approached his life but just, an, you know, he was EMI's most recorded artist of any genre with over 230 recordings for EMI. So just, it shows you it can be done. As well, um, you know, opera singers would probably just do two or three performances a week. So that's tough for us on maybe five or six nights a week doing the same thing. Obviously, we have microphones for pretty much the entire show. But uh, yeah, again, back to the stamina thing. So fingers crossed we can do it for another while. 
Good for you. Okay, I'm going to mess you up a little bit here because I added a couple of songs in here that I hadn't discussed with you in advance as I was going through your material on YouTube. Okay, so we're now playing underneath the song Caledonia. Let me tell you that I love you and I think about you all the time. Caledonia, you're calling me. Now I'm going home. But if I should become a stranger, you know it would make me more than sad. Caledonia's been everything I've ever had. Tell us a little bit about that one. Well, it's a song by Dougie McLean, uh, a Scottish uh, a Scottish songwriter. Um, it, it is a very nationalistic Scots song um, that in act was w- w- was blacklisted in, in in England when it was released initially. Uh, so because of its highly nationalistic kind of uh, fervor, but it's one of those songs. It's a magic song for us. It is no matter how many times you sing it, it doesn't get old. It is truly beautiful. It works. Whether you're a rock band, you can do it. Whether you're a folk band, you can do it. Whether you're an operatic tenor, you can do it. it, it and we've, we've worked with Dervish, uh, which is a, a fantastic uh, Sligo traditional band. Uh, there's a, a nice uh, bit of work on, on YouTube that we, 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 we sang it with them there. Um, it is a gorgeous, warm song that we never tire of doing. It's also, it's on the first, it's on the first album, isn't it? It's the first track on our very first album. So that says a lot too. And we're still singing it. All right. Now, speaking of very warm songs, I'm going to end with another surprise for you, which I found on YouTube. It was you guys doing an acapella version of Happy Birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Wow. That's amazing. I just thought it was very cool. Okay. Tell us about that one. I guess at times, and one of one of the ways that we brought income stream during the pandemic was that we would send personalized messages to, to people for their birthdays and things like that. And, and in some ways we were doing it because we weren't physically together, a bit like what we're doing with yourself today, Robert, we would make a recording uh, and stick it all together and then send it to somebody. Uh, and actually, it was a nice way of remaining motivated during the lockdown and things like that. But I think we've always prided ourselves in doing a cappella things. So Happy Birthday was just another one. We've done numerous uh, national anthems across the world for different sporting events uh, and, and all kinds of occasions. So it's 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 I think it's a nice thing for us to to sit down and try and get the three voices to make lovely harmonies together uh, and work I, that through. I, happy birthday, so that I could have got the royalties. <laughs> <laughs> I do understand it's the most performed song in the history of music, so why shouldn't it be with you guys? All right, so tell us, you're on this uh, this world tour of yours. What's in the future, the near future, let's say, for the Celtic tenors? Well, we're home for just a few days, actually, and then we go back to the Netherlands. We've do, done quite a lot in the Netherlands over the years, uh, and actually Belgium. We've won Belgian dates as well. It's a very short tour, but we're home for a couple of days uh, to see our families and stuff, and then we head off to Amsterdam, and we do a short tour of the Netherlands and Belgium, 
And after that, we've got some Irish dates. And after that, who knows? Hopefully, fingers crossed, we can keep this going for another good while. Well, I hope that you're right about that. It's been marvelous to have you on the show. I, I appreciate all of your enthusiasm and your camaraderie. The fact that you're still together after all these years, that's very impressive. Okay. In the same room. <laughs> In the same building and traveling together and all of that. We've been speaking to Matthew Gilson and James Nelson and Daryl Simpson. Great to have you on the show and best wishes for everything in your future. And now we're going to listen again to the song that started off this episode. It's my song called New Folk Song. I want to thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so you don't miss another inspiring episode. You can connect with Robert at robert at followyourdreampodcast.com. And you can hear more from his band at ProjectGrandSlam.com and at ThePGSStore.com.